You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Terry Wong. How many times have you uh, gotten up in the morning, go out to your car, and you see this, a flat tire? Uh, a while back, I, I got up and went outside, saw that I had a flat tire, and I'm like, oh, great. Great way to start a day with a flat tire, but I can change a tire. I've done it many times. Well, I tried and I tried and I couldn't budge the, the lug nuts. I mean, they would not budge. I tried everything, standing on the handle of the wrench and all this other stuff. I couldn't budge it, so finally I gave up. And I called the gas station down the, at the corner down the street. And so they said, oh, we'll send a guy out. And so the guy comes out and this big husky guy comes out and he got these giant arms as thick as, thick as my legs. And I'm like, oh. He has the strength to remove those lug nuts. Well, he reaches in the back of his truck bed and pulls out a power drill, you know? And he goes like, rup, 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 rup. I'm like, I'm like, I could have done that. You know, I could have done that. And it was interesting, he didn't use his own strength. He used the strength of the power drill. And that's a, the, the title of my sermon today, Use God's Strength. You know, we've been studying the book of Isaiah, and during this time, the people of Israel were powerless. They were struggling because they were following idols. They were disobeying God's word. Their enemies were invading the land. They struggled with the pain and consequences of their own sins. And they were powerless to save themselves. But Isaiah's message was very clear. The answer is to rely on God's strength. And today, with all our struggles in life, I mean, so many crazy things going on, COVID, you know, Afghanistan, all, all sorts of things going on, rely on God's strength to get you through the day. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's look at Isaiah 59, verse 1. I love this passage. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. See, the people thought that God was a problem. God wasn't listening. God wasn't saving them. God was a problem. But we know the problem was the people. The prophet reminded the nation that in spite, uh, in spite of their problems, the Lord could save them from their difficult circumstances. You know, it says that surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save you. You know, God doesn't have these little alligator arms that can't reach out and save you. God can reach out and save you. God isn't dull. He, he isn't losing his hearing like I am. God can hear you just clearly. God has the power. God cares. But the problem was the people of Israel. God has a problem. God has the power to save you today from your sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead to give you eternal life. You need to take hold of that power by trusting in Jesus God has a power to save you from your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups. But understand this again, God is not the problem. The people were the problem. It says your iniquities, but, uh, verse 3, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have separated you from the holy God. And it says that God turns his face away. He turns his face away. He can't, he's not going to listen to you because the people were worshiping idols. They weren't just worshiping idols. They were worshiping idols with passion and devotion. So God no longer hears their problem. He no longer answers 
their prayers. And when we are left alone and we're powerless in our sin, what happens? Our problems begin to grow. Uh, our sins intensify. It gets worse. And as a pastor, it is sad to see people living powerless with defeated lives. It's just sad to see. They've already given up. And guess what? We don't have to live that way. And so if you want to take out your sermon outline, our first truth is this. God gives you unlimited spiritual power. The power that can save you is spiritual power. Now, many of you listening to the sermon are probably thinking, well, that's not what I want. I don't want spiritual power. I want, you know, physical power, you know, to defeat my enemies, to get the job done, to lift the heavy weights and move things around. I want mental powers. I want to be smarter. I want to be smarter with my money. I want to be smarter at my job. I want to do better and get what I want. The truth is we need God's spiritual power to control the power we already possess. Spiritual power enables you to, to use your physical power wisely. Uh, spiritual power enables you to use your mental and emotional strength wisely. It keeps it under control because today people are out of control. They are out of control uh, of their lives. When we use God's spiritual power, which is God's wisdom and word and promises, it helps us to bring our thinking, our feeling, and our doing under control. Does that make sense? You know, I watch these people argue about masks and vaccines, and I know everybody has an opinion. You know, uh, I've been vaccinated. I still wear a mask. Uh, people don't want to. Okay, I, I respect your opinion. But when they disagree, they don't just disagree. They go over the top. They get so angry, and I'm like, it's just a mask. You know, they don't have control. They don't have God guiding them with grace and wisdom. One guy was speaking at, I heard some guy, I didn't see it, fortunately, but one guy was speaking at a school board about the issue, and I can't remember what side he was on because they get so excited. He took off all his clothes, you know? I'm like, oh, okay. We need spiritual power to guide us and control our thinking, feeling, and doing because when we don't control our thinking and our feeling, what happens? They take over. They turn against you. They become the hurts, you know, the emotional hurts, the mental hang-ups, the addictive physical habits. You know, they turn against us and make our lives miserable. We need spiritual muscle in order to say yes to God and no to sin. Isaiah 40, 28. Don't you know? Have you not heard? I love that passage. Don't you know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. God created this world. He knows everything. He never grows tired or weary. His wisdom is supreme. He knows exactly what your problem is, and he knows exactly what your solution is. But we need his spiritual power. We need God. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went out in the narthex during the office uh, hours, and I try to get a drink out of the drinking fountain, nothing. I mean, nothing. I'm like, great. You know, what happened? Someone turned off the water outside. Uh, did someone, is it broken? Do I need to call somebody? And Dodie, our secretary, is staring at me. He goes, it's unplugged. <laughs> and I'm like, great. And of course, I, I look underneath, it's unplugged. And the plug is not like here. It's all the way at the bottom. And what happened was the contractors came in. They were using their saws. And they unplugged it and plugged the plugs in. And, they didn't plug them back in. They didn't plug the drinking fountain back in. The people were not plugged into God. They did not know. They had not heard, or if they heard, they weren't listening. 
They didn't know God. They didn't hear his voice. They were not plugged into God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? So we need to be plugged in to Holy Spirit power. If you're not plugged in, you have no power. Now, I know you can get by, you know, without looking to God every day. I know you can, you know, non-believers, you know, go through life. I, I fish with people who are not Christians, and they do just fine. But they don't know God. They have no hope. They have no direction. Our United States of America is very unique. We can have peace. We have technology. We have money. We don't think we need God until, uh, until it's too late. So what happens to our power? Uh, our second thought is this. You have no spiritual power. When? When do we lose power? Well, we talked about how sin drains you of power. That is a given. If you're living in sin, walking in sin, you lose spiritual power, your life will start to deteriorate uh, around you. But here's two other ways we become powerless. The first one is this. You are burned out. I have many faithful Christians who come up to me. The energy is gone. They have nothing left in the tank. They've expended their reserves. They work so hard. And the result is, Pastor Terry, I quit. <laughs> I'm burned out. I need a break. I can't do this anymore. And to be very honest, I'm very compassionate when that happens, but I know one thing. When they say that, they have, that's a sure sign they have been relying on their own power and not God's power. Okay, because spiritual power is unlimited. Maybe they're relying on their own force of will. They just kind of push through and get it done. You push and you push and you get exhausted. You get tired. I understand that. And even when we uh, are working in spiritual power, we do get tired. There's no doubt about it. Maybe you're relying on emotions, you know, the joy, the excitement. Maybe you're relying on enthusiasm to power you through. And, hey, when you first start out, it's great. It's, it's exciting. Uh, I just finished 18 years as your pastor. You know, the first five years, I was carried by enthusiasm, excitement, pretty much. Okay, it was just a blast being your pastor. The next uh, 13 years, eh, you know, it's a little more like work, you know. But when you're relying on enthusiasm, excitement, and those type of feelings, guess what? They can fade fast. I mean, they can, they can fade away. When circumstances change, there goes our enthusiasm. Oftentimes you get burned out because you are not taking time to recharge your batteries. What did Jesus do every day? You know, the crowds were pressing on him, he was healing people, and Jesus is God, but he would, at the end of the day, go off by himself and pray. He spent time with God at night. He spent time early in the morning. He spent time with God. So you need to spend time with God to recharge your spiritual batteries. That means you need a quiet time. You need time at home to... To, to pray and to read God's Word. Uh, the new devotionals are in, the open windows for September. They're back here. There's just enough for the people here right now, <laughs> if you want them. But we need to recharge our batteries. We need to come to worship on Sunday. Uh, we need to worship every Sunday. I encourage all of you who have been watching online faithfully, I thank you for watching, but maybe consider coming, coming in and worship with us face-to-face -face once a month. It is very different worshiping in person. You know, it's okay to worship in your lazy boy in your pajamas. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've done it myself. But, you know, being here, being with people, maybe once a month until we get back together. We need to recharge. If you're burned out all the time, you're not taking time to recharge. Uh, 
Excuse me. The second reason we run on spiritual power is you are beat up. You're, it, it, it's a lot of work serving the Lord. It's a lot of work to get things done, but man, your ministry, no one's happy. Your leadership's no one happy. People are unhappy with you. Everyone complains. No one participates. No one contributes. No one says, good job, and you get beat up. You know, you're, you're serving, but it's like people are just hurting you emotionally. Um, I understand what that means, you know, to be hurt emotionally. Uh, some business meetings I have attended uh, have been quite ugly. It's like a hand-to-hand -hand combat. I mean, literally, it almost gets to that point. Uh, I have scars and wounds to show uh, for it. As a pastor, I've had people call me names. You know, as a pastor, I've had people hate me. Uh, one person refused to sit with me uh, at church. And, okay, it's not my brother, just so you know. It's not my brother. My brother's been well-behaved. You know, it's easy to say, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I here? Am I just drawing a paycheck now? Am I just trying to get by? Uh, we get beat up. And I have to remember, every time I serve, no, I am not drawing a paycheck. I am serving the Lord. And even though I only have two months left, uh, I said, Lord, I'm going to serve you wholeheartedly today with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's easy to say, don't bother. I quit. Maybe you're spending too much fighting the wrong battles. Sometimes we get beat up because our pride and ego take over and we start fighting. Uh, we change our priorities. We're not serving God. We're serving our own interests. We, we want our way. We exhaust energy on things that don't really matter. Maybe you become spiritually lazy. You know, technology makes us lazy. We're not beat up. We're not uh, burned out. We're just lazy Christians. And technology makes us so, so lazy. You know, I love Zoom because we can have meetings without having to come to church. It's great. But technology makes us lazy. I have this remote at home for my TV. Now it's voice activated. Okay? Because, man, pushing buttons is really tiring. And so now we have voice activated. But the only problem was I try to tell it to change the channel. It can never understand me. I don't know why. It goes, battery low, change battery. Like, I have to get up. You know, the batteries are way on the other side of the house. And so for three days, I did not refuse to get up and change the batteries. So, okay, I have to admit this. I waited till my wife says, hey, the batteries are low on the remote. And I said, honey, the batteries are over there. She runs over there. I'm going to get in trouble when I get home. But I waited till she got them and fixed them. Hey, I didn't have to get up. We get lazy. See, when we serve the Lord, how do you get past burned out and bum beat up? When you serve the Lord with the right attitude, you experience joy. You experience a deep satisfaction of a job. Well done. Maybe that person didn't believe. Maybe that person didn't change. But man, you, you put it seeds in their heart. You planted seeds to help them, uh, to help it grow. Uh, when I have served the Lord wholeheartedly, I reflect on a job well done. It gives me great joy. It recharges my batteries. I thank God for using me. And I ask God to use me some more. Use me some more, Lord. And that's how you recharge. You, you worship the Lord. You spend time with the Lord. You recharge your batteries. <clears throat> now, I'm retiring uh, from being a pastor of this church. But just so you know, I am not retiring from serving the Lord. I'm not going to sit in my lazy boy and binge watch TV shows, okay? I'm not going to do that. I'm already praying, Lord, what's my new adventure? Where can I, what else can I do?
Uh, maybe I'll help a struggling church that, that needs a, a fill-in pastor. Uh, I'm looking at a ministry that caters to the homeless, uh, something completely different. The thing is, when I retire, I have more time. See, when I'm pastor of this church, I am pastor of this church, and my nature is that I'm fully vested, so I don't go run and do a whole bunch of extra stuff because I'm pastor of this church. And, you know, preaching, it takes 20 hours to write a decent sermon. And so now that I have a 1,000 sermons to rerun, because the reruns are better than the originals, right? You know, I have time, and so uh, I'm saying, what's the new adventure? What new adventure are you sending me through? So where do we find God's power? Uh, we find God's power in our shape. And we've, we've seen this uh, acronym before. I'm not going to go over it, but the point is, we are made differently. And so God's power flows through us differently based on our personality and experiences. But we see in Acts 1.8 that the power source is the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we share under the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit is God's, uh, the, power, the power of God is Holy Spirit power. But how does it work? Do we wait until we feel it? Uh, is it? Is it just we turn it on? How does the power of God work? And it's not the same for everyone. It's different. So don't try to serve the Lord exactly like somebody else. Uh, we need to discover our personality, our gifts, our heart, and see how God moves us, how God drives us, so that we know how God's power will flow through us. Now, the most obvious way God's power flows is the power of God's love. Okay, this is the big one. This is our big power source. When the Holy Spirit convicts us to do something, the power of love throws through us. And we see in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, this beautiful picture of love. Love is patient. You know, instead of getting mad at your uh, employees or mad at your kids and screaming at them, the power of love is very patient. It is kind. It doesn't envy. We don't sit around and wondering, why does so-and-so have more than I do? It is not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So we, we, this is the big power source. We must love God deeply. We must experience his love. We must love the people around us. Love uh, can compel us to do many things. Love enables you to do things that you thought were impossible. Okay? You know, my kid, when they're little, one of my kids would just throw up all over me. Like, oh. you know, okay, I'm going to give this kid up. I'm going to trade him in, or trade her in. No, love, we clean them up, we clean ourselves up, and then we tell them it's okay. Because love, we, we sacrifice, we expend energy for the good of that child, for the good of our neighbors or our friends or family members. Whoever God wants you to help, we do it out of love. Love is very powerful. When I share my faith, I used to try to share faith out of duty, my faith, and it just made me feel guilty and I wouldn't do a good job. I just got to let love flow through me when it comes time to share my faith. The power of love is very powerful and moving. That's why it's the greatest commandment. It's our biggest source of power in a believer's life. If we truly love God, we will be powerful. You understand that? If you feel weak, I ask you, are you truly loving God? You'll feel powerful. And if we love God, our love 
for others will, will flow. We will not, won't be overcome by fears. We'll be overcome by our faith. So we can share the gospel. We can serve. We can forgive. We can forget. We can show mercy and grace. When temptations come, we say, no, I'm not going to sin this way because I love God too much. I love my family. I'm not going to sin against God or my family or my friends. When Satan taunts us and beats us up, we know God loves me just the way I am. Satan wants me to feel bad. Uh, Satan wants me to give in to my cravings. No, I love the Lord. Now, there's many ways that the power flows through us, the Holy Spirit power. You know, there's the power of prayer, uh, the compassion. You know, we see something and compassion just moves us. The power of compassion, the power of claiming God's promises. You know, there's pro power in listening to Christian music. You know, when you're, when you're scared, I sing Jesus loves me. You know, there's power in many different ways that God gives us. But here's a couple that maybe you haven't thought about that I want to uh, go through. First, there is the power of obedience or the power of duty. Many people think that's not a power. No, it is. It is, it is a powerful thing. Uh, if you're Asian and you went to school when you are a little kid, you know that the duty and honor carry you a long way. You do the right thing because your parents told you so, and you honor your parents or you're not going to embarrass them, so you do, you do what you're supposed to. You do what is right. You don't have to think about it. The power of obedience and duty. Uh, this is me. I just know I'm supposed to do something. I just go do it. I just do the right thing. There's no fighting. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to fuss. I don't have to overthink whether I should really do this. I just go do it because I know this is what God wants me to do. The biggest problem we have, the reason we're powerless when it comes to obedience is we question. And there's nothing wrong with questioning, but we, let, we get doubts when we start questioning everything. And if I do this, this will happen. If I do this, this will happen. I can't. So you paralyze yourself. Just obey the Lord. Love comes first. So that means you may forgive. Maybe you'll show grace, but you won't get angry. John 14, 15, if you love me, Jesus speaking, you will obey what I command. If you learn self-discipline, it's easy to do what is right. You know, if I know what to do, I go and do it. This is the strength of the greatest generation. They called the World War II generation the greatest generation. Why? Because they had to go fight Nazis. They had to go fight uh, evil. They went and they did it. And then they came home and built homes, uh, lives, and families uh, through just the strength of their will. See, when I share the gospel, I've learned I have to let God's love flow through me. I have to think of that person. I think, you know, I really want them to know Jesus. You know, I want to spend time with them. God, let me spend some time with them. Let's start a conversation. I have to let love flow. But when I write sermons, uh, when I'm writing Bible studies and I'm out of time, <laughs> you know, time's compressing, I need the power of duty. Okay, I just got to sit down and say, God, I need you to empower me right now to get it done. And I need, the Lord, I need the Lord to strengthen my will, to strengthen and sharpen my wits so I can finish the job. Does God flow through you that way? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Maybe at times he'll flow through the power of obedience. The second one is the power of humility, or you might call it the power of weakness. It's like, well, what kind of power is that? Humility and weakness. Understand this, humility is not thinking less of yourself. You know, humil humility doesn't say, oh, oh, I'm not very smart. I'm going to be humble. Oh, I'm not very smart. I'm not uh, very good looking, or 
I don't know anything. No, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Stop thinking about you. You know, humility is, is start thinking about others. We think about God. What does God want? We think about what people need. We look around and see what people need. You think of yourself less often. Start thinking about others more often. What is God's will for me with people at work or at, at school? Too many people, too many Christians today, why are they so powerless? They suffer from spiritual constipation. Isn't that an ugly thought? You know, the plumbing's backed up. You ever been constipated? It's no fun. When you get older, it doesn't get any funner. Their connection, the plumbing to God is clogged up. It's clogged up with what? Pride, ego, selfishness, lust, fears, and worry. But when we are humble, when we submit ourselves to God, we open up everything. God cleans us out. God's power is able to flow through us. When we tear away everything that we thought makes us strong, our wits and our strength and, and our might, we tear that away. We let God's power flow. Uh, we see this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul asked three times that God would take away his affliction. We don't know what happened to Paul, what he was suffering from. Many people think he may have had malaria. Uh, many, he, this carried through with him throughout his whole ministry. Many people thought he was going blind and he couldn't see. And here's the great apostle who can do these amazing miracles of healing. He couldn't be healed himself. And people use that as a criticism toward him. Uh, and he asked three times, uh, God, heal me. But he said to me, God saying to Jesus, saying to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak in Terry, then I'm strong in Jesus. We let go. We let God work through us. We stop trying to manipulate others. We stop trying to force our agenda. We're going to stop trying to control the situation. That's hard for me because I know everything. <laughs> and I, I think I know everything. And I want to control everything. When you surrender your life to God, you are surrendering to follow God's lead without knowing where it's going. You don't know where he's sending you, but you trust and follow God. When you're waiting on God's timing, you're waiting on God, and you don't know when it's going to come. You're expecting a miracle without knowing how God will provide. When you're weak in God, God's grace empowers you. You know, it, grief is replaced with grace. Uh, desires and selfishness is replaced with grace. You can forgive. You can love. You can be patient. You can be understanding. How many marriages would be saved if we let the spiritual power of God flow through us to forgive, to show grace, to be patient, to be understanding? How many marriages, how many families would be whole if we relied on God's spiritual power? Insults and difficulties, Paul says, let them come. Let them come, because that means I'm serving God. Everybody's taking notice. I become more like Jesus. Power of humility. It's a great power source. Next one is this, power of leaning on others. We need to lean on each other. You're not the Lone Ranger. They call them Lone Ranger Christians, but you know the Lone Ranger had Tonnell. Tonnell was his friend. We need to lean on each other. I was at the gym 
this is like 20 years ago. I was at the gym yesterday too, I haven't stopped. Uh, but I was at the gym 15, 20 years ago. Guy behind me goes, hey, can you spot me in this bench press? And I said, oh, sure, no problem. I have to lower my voice. And because, uh, you know, they always asked me because I was, I got muscles. You can't see them. And uh, so I turn around, I look at this bar, this, this bar. He has five 45-pound plates on each side. Okay, with a, the bar weighs 45 pounds. That's 495 pounds. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to need some help, you know, because I said, that's too heavy. I mean, the bar was literally bending. And I said, let's get in, because, you know, when you spot that heavy, you got one guy on each side. He goes, no, 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 you can spot me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, as so he's standing, and he lifted it, you know. And I, the, the, the truth about spotting someone is all you do is encourage them. You know, when you pull on that bar to help them up, they get a lot of extra energy because you're there. They have confidence because you are there to help them. And all you have to do is lift a couple of pounds, and, and he got that bar up. On the other hand, if you're a snap and a scream, then you've got to get help because <laughs> that means they broke something. But everyone needs help. We need, there's times when we need the strength of others to get the job done. So we need to ask for help. We need to be able to give help. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we can, may spur one another uh, on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to encourage one another. Uh, most of the people on our Thursday night prayer meeting, um, our prayer group have gone through difficult times. Uh, they've gone through severe trials and troubles. And in our Thursday night prayer meeting, we've learned to lean on each other. How? By praying for each other and praying with each other. We spiritually encourage uh, and empower and protect each other through prayer. People know we're praying for each other. We're listening to each other. I encourage you to join our Thursday night prayer meeting or get on the prayer list that we, we have. So people know you are praying for each other. We need to be a part of a small group, a group of people who listen to each other, who laugh with each other, who lean on each other. We serve each other. We work with each other. Uh, we need to be a part of a small group. You need to learn the power of leaning on others. I, uh, last week I had to go out and minister to a family and, and, uh, and they were struggling, and she felt guilty that she was struggling. I said, look, the first thing you did was ask for help. You did the right thing. You asked for help, and we're here uh, to help you. We need to encourage and build each other up spiritually. So let's look at uh, our fourth point, which is turn on the power of God. How does that happen? When does that happen? This is, a, this is one of my favorite passages in Isaiah 40, verse 29. He'll give strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord uh, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is a promise from God. Those who put their hope, those who trust, those who follow, those who rely on the Lord, you know, they're going to soar. They're going to run. They're going to walk. The people of Israel were worshiping empty pagan idols. They were worshiping idols, and the idols were powerless. But yet they, they clung to them. Today we worship the gods of popularity and profit, and 
all these things, and we cling to them, but they leave us empty. But the Lord, God Almighty, never grows weary. He, never, he, he always has strength. You know, even the young grow tired. I, I remember, I miss the old days when I was in my 20s or 30s, and I had power all the time. I had strength all the time, and I get so tired right away. But even the young lose strength. God knows how we feel. God knows what we fear. And he can meet our needs. He wants to give us spiritual power. But we need to put our hope in the Lord. We need to look to God. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now we see the word uh, renew in the second passage. The Lord will renew their strength. Another word for renew is exchange. I kind of think like, okay, I got these old Terry batteries in me. I need to take them out. Put the new Jesus batteries in me, the Holy Spirit batteries, and, and re-empower my body. I got to take off the old, put in the new. As we wait for God, as we, it doesn't mean we're being lazy. We're waiting for God to show us where to go. We're looking around. God enables us to soar when there's a crisis. You know, crisis, Satan wants to tempt you to pull you down, to make you like Job's wife. Just curse God and die. Or we're going to soar, you know. You know, Job says, no, I'm going to serve the Lord. We're going to soar in a crisis. We're going to run strong when the challenges are many, when people are holding onto us and trying to drag us down. Sometimes I think that Satan just starts latching onto us so that we'll give in to the temptation or the taunts. Uh, we're going to walk faithfully day by day by day and trust in the Lord and not get weary. So what is, there's three things I think we need in order to turn on God's power. And I'm going to go through these really quick. You must believe, okay? You have to believe in God's power. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do it all. And when I'm in God's will, I know God's will, I'm obeying God's will, I can do it all because God gives me strength. So you have to believe in the power of God. You have to believe in yourself that God can and will use you. God keeps his promises, so let's claim the promises of God. Stop letting doubt poison your mind. Stop overthinking the problem or issues. Just, you know what God wants you to do. Just go and do it. You must believe. The second thing is you must behave. Sin drains you of power. Ephesians 2.1, as for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sin. You know, you get in the car in the morning, you turn on the car, car doesn't turn over. What do you say? The battery's dead. When Christians are spiritually powerless, they are spiritually dead. Or maybe they're on life support and they can't function. You know, you're on life support, you're not going to get up and do anything. Are your sins consuming you? Are you spiritually struggling? I mean, you're on life support. If you're not a Christian, you're already spiritually dead. But many Christians can go so long in power, they cannot do anything for God. <clears throat> what do you do? You must behave. Okay, you have to walk with Jesus. Confess your sins. You know, if you're not right with God, confess your sins. Confess your secret sins. Confess those hidden thoughts uh, and then repent. Just say, Jesus, I've been thinking the wrong way. I'm going to repent. Repent means to change your thinking. I'm going to think about you, Jesus. I'm going to change the way I think and think about, uh, think what Jesus wants me to do. I'm going to start thinking, feeling, and acting like Jesus. You must believe. You must behave. Stop draining yourself of spiritual power. Thirdly, you must be bold. Okay, we got to be bold. A journey of a thousand miles begins 
with one step. And then another step. Over and over in the Bible, the Bible illustrates this important truth. The Holy Spirit releases his power the moment you take a step of faith. I'm writing a sermon for two weeks from now called, uh, okay, what was that sermon? <laughs> when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. And I kind of think of that. That's when it's time to go. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. The power of God is flowing through you. Guess what? It takes a, mo a step of faith. Delayed obedience is disobedience and weakness. Okay? You know what God wants you to do. You're not doing it. It weakens you. It's disobedience. It will weaken you. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.6. I think this is Moses' instruction to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that interesting? In the New Testament, the same phrase, never will I leave you or forsake you. Be strong in the Lord. Strength that strong. I, I kind of think of it this way. Be strong. That comes from God. Be strong. God's going to power you. But, and courageous. Courage comes from you. Right? The power is coming, but courage comes from you. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is acting in the face of fear. It's not blind faith. It's knowing what we're getting ourselves into, knowing what we need to do, the right thing to glorify God. Now, you know, in the U.S., we're not being persecuted like our brothers are in, in the communist country and Muslim country. So, you know, we just need to be strong when it's time to forgive. You know, someone, you're not getting along with someone. We need strength to forgive. We need strength to show understanding and patience. So God's power is used in many different ways. Understand that when you're bold, we think, oh, I'm going to take a step and see God's power. God is not in a hurry. All right? The one truth I've learned as a pastor, God is not in a hurry. God has a plan. We may not see fruit right away. Our faithful actions may not bear fruit right away. But that's okay because if I'm faithful, God will bring fruit out of it sometime in the future. I don't know when or where. I may never see it. I may find out about it in heaven. But that's okay. I, I remember once I met a guy that I was a believer and I, I don't remember ever meeting him before. And he was a Christian and we sat down. And we talked. He goes, oh, Terry, you're... You, this is where I became a pastor. You're the first one that shared the gospel with me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. But he's like, eight years earlier, you know? I don't remember, but God broke fruit. I, I, I brought fruit out of it. I'm grateful that he shared that with me to remind me. Oh, man, that, that gives me faith. I'm going to go run out and plant some more seeds. So let me ask you this today. Are you soaring on wings of eagle or are you sinking? You know, are you sinking in your pain and your problems and your misery and your broken relationship? Or are you soaring uh, and seeing everything? Are you running with God or are you retreating from God? The people of Israel kept blaming God and the more they blamed God, the, more they, the farther they got away from God. Are you walking in faith or are you worrying about everything? Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Understand this. The truth about the Bible is this. You cannot save yourself. Uh, the last few people I shared the gospel with, it's very frustrating because they don't, I, I'm good enough. I don't need Jesus. I'm good enough. And we know scripturally you are not. You cannot become good enough. You can't save yourself. You need to rely on the Lord's strength to save you. You need the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. So I encourage you, if you're here, you're listening, trust in Jesus 
as your Savior and Lord. Follow him. He died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead to give you resurrection power. He wants to save you. Maybe you're a believer. You are a Christian, but you realize your life has been powerless. You have done nothing for the Lord. Everything you've done is for yourself. Well, you need to rely on the Lord's strength. You need to plug back in to God. That means you worship God. You love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Love is a commitment, okay? It's not an emotion. You worship the Lord. You have a quiet time every day. You learn God's word. You start becoming like Jesus. You look like Jesus. You act like Jesus. You know God's will. You learn it. You obey it. And then you enjoy it. You find joy uh, in the Lord. And God will give you all the power you need to bring glory to him and good for others. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are God. You are our Savior. You are uh, our power source. And you want to give us all the power in the world, spiritual power, spiritual power that can transform us into servants of God, <clears throat> servants who, who know what we're supposed to do. And we go do it and we, we rejoice in it, Father. We know that we need spiritual power to control our, the way we think, the way we feel. Uh, so many of us are beat up by emotions. We are beat up by the world. How we need you to empower our lives. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I, they take an honest look at themselves to see if they've been relying on your strength or their own. Or maybe they can take an honest assessment and realize they've just been being lazy. They've just been going through life, not thinking about you. I pray, Father, that they will plug into you, worship you, walk with you, be your witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, there's someone here today who is, does not know you as their Savior and Lord. I pray that they will realize that even though they have money, uh, wealth, and health, and they seem to be happy, they need you. Because in the end, uh, we answer to you, we trust in you, and we need you. So I pray that they will confess that Jesus is Lord of their life. We see the resurrection power to give them hope. And I pray with that hope we will soar with wings of eagles, uh, eagles Lord, and we'll run and not be weary, and we'll walk and walk and be faithful. Father, thank you for today. I pray that we just worship and glorify you and walk with you this week in power. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we uh, sing our decision song. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.